another day, another dollar. Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world and the changing economic times and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. And if you're one of my regular listeners, you may realize that uh, already this show has a different sound to it, a different level of audio quality. And uh, that is because I am actually not doing my normal routine today. My normal routine is dictating my show on a commute uh, of about 50 miles between Arlington and Frisco, Texas. I actually have on a non-survival podcast-related need to be home today to do some other recording uh, in a quiet, sound uh, background, uh, sound-free environment. So uh, I'm doing this show from home. Today is episode 97 of the Survival Podcast, rapidly approaching our um, centennial episode of 100 episodes, which will be a big accomplishment for us. I actually have a lot to talk about today. Uh, and first and foremost, we had five people win um, tactical Christmas stockings from uh, John Willis at SOE Tactical Gear uh, this week, and we had four last week. I don't have the list with me of the four that we already sent them out to. I do have a list of the five people that won this week, and I wanted to read them on the air and uh, let you know who the people are that won because uh, we're giving away a lot of stuff. And I know you've—I've uh, seen some of you guys. You know, see your email come in. I recognize your name, and I know you've played like the last four times trying to win something, and haven't won yet. I want to make it clear that hey, man, people are winning, and you do have an opportunity to win. Uh, this week, winners included Tim Pimitel. Uh, out in Rhode Island, uh, Kaiser uh, Dean, uh, who is in uh, Florida, uh, a guy named Jim Daniels, who's also in Florida, the Brandonton area, uh, an individual who identifies himself on the forum and has never indicated he wants his actual name given away, it's John Q. Public, who did a pretty awesome video, and i got to tell you, it had nothing to do with him winning, because I saw the video the day after he uh, won the contest. Uh, and I'm going to actually talk about him a lot today, but I'm not going to give away his name unless he chooses to want to do so himself. Uh, it seems like he wants some anonymity, so I'm going to allow him to have that. And then a person by the name of Brian Gillimore. Brian Gillimore uh, won the single stocking that was given away in yesterday's show, and I'm waiting for Brian to get his um, shipping information back to me. Uh, so, Brian, get that back to me so we can ship you out tomorrow, and my wife will be doing the weekly mailing for all the prize winners. So that knocks that out. The next thing I want to talk about is kind of related to that. I have been looking for a way that we can uh, put together a program called Stockings for Soldiers. And it was as soon as I saw these Tactical Christmas Stockings, which you can go to the survivalpodcast.com and get a look at if you'd like to see what they look like. But it was my first thought that these would be great to pack up with Christmas stuff and send off to soldiers. Now, my show has a few thousand listeners. I don't think everybody will participate. I think maybe a couple dozen people will participate. I hope you guys shock me, and I hope 50 to 100 people participate. Uh, but I think that would be a huge, huge landslide of people. So I didn't really want to send these things off to, like, you know, any kind of big warehouse where they just do this at random to anybody. I wanted to make it more personal. Well, one of our listeners got back to me, and they have a relative that's in uh, Afghanistan right now, kind of out on the tip of the spear, and said, would you consider using this program to adopt them, their unit, their platoon? 
and uh, send it to him, and he'll distribute them to the whole unit. He's real good about doing that. And they don't get a lot because they're so far out and so remote in the middle of nowhere, and it would mean a lot to those guys. And I thought, you know what, that sounds like a perfect thing for us to do here. Um, the gentleman that we'll be mailing them to is a, a gentleman by the name of First Lieutenant John P. Rodriguez. He's with Bravo Company, 1st of the 26th Infantry, uh, 3rd of the 1st uh, uh, IBCT. Uh, in the Kong Grill Outpost in uh, Afghanistan. Don't try to write that down or anything. Uh, just go to the survivalpodcast.com, pull up this episode, and I'll have a link to to uh, Stockings for Soldiers, and I'll put this address out there. And this is where we're going to send stuff. Um, we've also been given some advice. The best thing you can do is uh, send it by UPS Priority uh, flatmate, Flat um, Rate Mail. Uh, in a 12 by 12 by 14 box, which is a standard shipping rate of 12.95, even going to Afghanistan. The only thing you want to fill out a customs form, which I don't think is a big deal to uh, take a few minutes of your time to fill out a customs form to mail some stuff to uh, our soldiers overseas. Let me give you one bit of advice to this stuff, folks. A lot of times you pull up lists for stuff for soldiers, and it'll say things like foot powder and, and other things like that. Um, don't put that in the same thing as you would food. If you want to include some stuff like that, those guys like hygiene products, especially when they're out remote. Uh, the Army does a pretty good job of getting most of that stuff to us. I would focus more on goodies and, st- and snacks and stuff like that, because that's a big deal when you're in the middle of nowhere. But if you want to send some of that other stuff, my advice is don't put it in the stocking. Seal it in a Ziploc bag, maybe a double-layer Ziploc bag. Put it in the box with the stocking. Uh, but don't put things that are like soap or deodorant type things next to food, even when they're in separate packaging. Uh, it Just trust me from someone that's received care packages uh, during my military deployments, it has a tendency to put soap, flavor, and smell into the food, and it kind of ruins it. So uh, keep you know keep that in mind as we participate in stockings for soldiers this year. And uh, again, if you do not win a stocking, or if you do win a stocking and want to keep yours, uh, please give SOE Tactical Gear, which is a link to uh, from the site and from everything about this. I'll include links to them. Some business. Pick up one of these stockings and fill it. If you just want to send stuff out to the soldiers, that's fine. If you want to send more stuff than fits in one stocking, that's fine. But try to try to give uh, the, the, this guy John Willis, who's been so good to us here and has, has sponsored us. So well, uh, some business is creative entrepreneur to even come up with this idea, and I guarantee you, if you get these things over to our soldiers uh, and, and they have them, it's going to make a difference. They're going to know that we did something special for them, and it's a real tough time of year to be away, folks. Let me tell you from experience again that when you're away at Christmas time, it, it's a big deal. So that kind of wraps that stuff up. Listener appreciation contest, please join. You can win some really cool stuff. Again, I will be giving away gun safes from Center of Mass starting next week. I just want to get reviews on the site before I start giving them away. I want people to know what they're uh, playing for. And uh, we've got some videos from uh, John Willis at SOE Tactical Gear we'll be giving away as well. And I mentioned uh, that my company has a video on an ancient Russian martial art called Sistema. I'm actually going to be giving away one of those uh, sets of videos uh, probably next week as well. Next week is going to be full of prizes. No prizes for you guys to win today. Uh, but uh, do uh, continue to uh, tell other people about the show. And remember, that's all you have to do is tell other people about the show, and we'll continue to try to do things like stockings for soldiers to help give back because I really appreciate what you guys have been doing for us here by telling other people and helping my show grow so fast. Now, today I was actually going to talk about container gardening as part of your survival planning, not just gardening in containers and gardening in the house, but including starting seeds uh, because winter's coming and it's going to be soon time to, uh, you know, Right now it's uh, it's it's November. We're going to Thanksgiving next week, uh, and trust me, folks, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving and being thankful next week. 
uh, and we have Christmas coming, but even for you folks that don't greenhouse garden, you don't really plant anything during the winter, um, maybe you're just thinking about starting your first garden in the spring, uh, having your plants good and healthy and ready to go as soon as the ground is really workable and the danger of the last frost, that means you're putting seeds into pots between January, February time frame, depending on where you live. So I wanted to talk about that, and I think I'll save that topic for next week unless I wrap this up quickly, which I'm not known for, uh, because something happened yesterday that I really didn't expect. This gentleman, John Q. Public, who, again, I won't give away his real name, interesting little uh, uh, forum handle he's got there, uh, put together a video for us here on the Survival Podcast, and it's uh, featuring a gentleman named Gerald Salenti, uh, who's a futurist, an economic predictor, uh, a guy that has been stated by people like Time Magazine that if uh, Nostradamus were alive today, he would be in awe of Gerald Salente because his predictions are not only accurate, but they quickly come to pass. Um, and he put together this video with an introduction. Some of the things I'm going to tell you today are in the video in kind of a slide format. Then an interview that Gerald did right after the election with a Fox News reporter. And he ended it with the music in the background playing of a final countdown. And a slide came up and it said, be an ant, not a grasshopper. And then it told us the Aesop fable uh, that we base a lot of our, our, our you know planning on here at the Survival Podcast about how the ant was not... Or the ant prepared and the grasshopper laughed as he toiled and worked in his labor and thought the ant was crazy for working so hard when there was so much food just laying everywhere in the summertime and how the, the, the grasshopper then froze to death and the ant then, uh, was, you know, he was, he was good to go in his, his little home and the grasshopper finally realized that, hey, you know what? It's best to prepare in advance. And, uh, what, you know, that that really was cool, just hearing that music and at the end seeing my show, seeing a, you know go to the survival podcast and prepare. So it was kind of moving for me. But you know, once I got over the emotion that hey man, a fan put something together like this for me, I, I decided to go back and, and listen to the video again because uh, it's a little bit caught up in my own promotion in it. And it, boy, it drove home why I do this show. And I thought I would go through some of these things and some of the predictions that Mr. Salenti has, and, and maybe try to make today just kind of a wake up show. Uh, if you are already prepping and you're already preparing, you're already trying to live that better life, then maybe this is just maybe a little kick in the butt to kind of ramp up your preps. If you're on the fence with it, you're kind of into the concept, but you don't really do a lot about it yet, maybe it kicks you off the fence and gets you going. And if you're new to the show, somebody recommended it, maybe it's uh, faith that you're listening to today's show. Because I'm going to tell you what Mr. Salente has predicted in the past. Um, he, way back in the early 80s, predicted the rise of the uh, international outsource or, or the rise of international uh, and domestic terrorism. He went on then to forecast the fall of the Soviet Union. He then went on to accurately predict that the downsizing and outsourcing trend would take over corporate America and over the global economy. Uh, that was so long ago that he made that prediction that after that he made the 87 uh, stock market crash prediction. So we're back into the 80s here, folks, to give you an idea of this. Lately, uh, the things that have happened that you know have happened recently that he's predicted, uh, the dot-com crash, the recession that we entered in 2001, long before there was a, you know, it was caused by terrorist activity, uh, the economic meltdown uh, that we had this year in 2008, he predicted uh, very accurately, and he actually predicted that it would begin with the 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 forestalling of a depression or a recession in 2007. Uh, that is a straight A-plus record 
of predicting things that at the time he was, and this is the important thing. It's easy to look back now and go, well, yeah, that was obvious. And uh, I've even heard some of the stuff that I predicted this year was was kind of obvious. And I think it was obvious to those with eyes open and ears to hear. But at the time that this gentleman was making these predictions, and at a time when I was making a lot of my predictions, I, I can relate to this, you're told, you're crazy, you're nuts. Well, you know, the thing about going on record is once the thing happens, you can go back and point to the point where you were on record. Uh, this guy's record is so stellar. Just to give you an idea of some of the... Uh, Corporations that that hire and listen to him, uh, Bank of America, who may have needed to listen to him a little bit more based on some of the stupid things they've done, uh, American Express, who also maybe needed to listen a little bit better, and then you know some companies that probably did listen and seem to be reaping the rewards of it today, Coca Cola and 3M, and there's a whole list in this video that you can listen to, a, a huge number of uh, corporate clients and a huge number of media sources that seek this man's opinion often and. As much as I'm involved in stuff like this, I really didn't know very much about uh, Mr. Salente until I saw this video. So thank you to John Q. Public for putting the video together, helping to promote our show. But above that, you know, thank you for introducing me to this guy. Uh, here's his predictions by 2012. And I'm going to go through them fast, and I'll go back and give you my thoughts on them. One, that the U.S. will become an undeveloped country by 2012. In other words, we are the developed world. We will become undeveloped. I'll give you some my thoughts on exactly what that means. That's kind of a vague one. Uh, but here's two that are not very vague. One uh, is that through 2012, we will have rebellion, food riots, revolution, and marches in the United States. When he talks about revolution, he's specifically talking about another tax revolution. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna have marches and food riots and, and rebellion right here in good old America. People walking out of their jobs, general strikes, things like that. Uh, give you some thoughts on that because I've actually said some things that would indicate I would support some of those activities. Uh, not rioting, but, uh, maybe things like a general strike. And that preparing maybe gives you the ability to do something like that. And also that by 2012, Christmas time will about, be about food on the table. And food itself, not about obligatory gift-giving. I think we're going to see some of that in 2008. Because even the people that are doing okay right now are beginning to cut back. It's part of what's pushing the economy down. But it's not their fault. They are the ones that are smart enough to see what is happening. They're the ones that are preparing to continue to live the good life no matter how tough times become. So starting on with this whole concept of being being a undeveloped, uh, which instead of underdeveloped, which means we haven't yet developed, but we developed and then we devolve. I'm only going to give Mr. Salente so much credit for getting this one right, if it comes right, because that could mean so many things. It's kind of a vague prediction when you really think about it. What it says to me, though, is if he's right about rebellion, food riots, uh, and marches in the streets, those are not the things we think of in a stable Western society. So the very action of his second prediction becoming true, along with his third prediction becoming true, which is that by 2012 uh, we'll have maybe even worse retail numbers than we're going to see this year or next year. We're going to see people exchanging food at the holidays. Uh, those are also things that you don't think of in the developed world. Uh, what other things could we consider to be undeveloped? I think that seeing breakdowns in the ability to transport food, goods, and materials, it'd be a big one. And all that takes, and this is what people don't realize, all that takes is not the inability to get it done, 
but the unwillingness by society to do the job. And what I mean by that, and what Mr. Salenti said in this interview, is that the governments are out of control. And just so you don't think this guy's like a right-wing nut or even a left-wing nut, he classifies himself as a political atheist, He has, which means he doesn't even believe in politics in when, he's, when he's making his predictions other than examining them, because he doesn't really care who's president or who is, and he's not in, you know, enamored to anybody. Uh, but what he's saying is that as people look at the government's continuing the tax, and again, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican administration in uh, in a local economy now where they still have control, uh, or the, the Democratic-led majority at the federal level, everybody's taxing more. And, and the tax that no one's really talking about at the national news level that's really starting to piss people off, and I mean piss people off to no end, is property taxes. They're seeing the value of their homes decline, and yet they're paying higher and higher, even the same amount of property tax. Because what happened is their house appreciated in value 10 20% a year for four or five years, and the tax office kept jacking up their property taxes. And now they're saying back to the property tax office, hey, you know what? My house that I paid $200,000 for five years ago won't even sell for $200,000 today. Couldn't give it away for $200,000, but you're taxing me, and so it's worth $280,000 today. What gives? You know, I was willing to pay you all the time that you were saying it was worth more. Now I should pay you less because it's worth less. And the city governments and the school systems, the hospital systems, they're all saying, we can't take less. We're already short. In fact, we still want to raise taxes. We can't appreciate your property anymore. We want to raise the underlying rates. People are starting to get pissed. All right. At the same time, they're seeing where does most of this money go? Well, a ton of it goes into the county hospital systems and the first responder systems. Okay, and what they're seeing is their house is being burglarized and cops showing up 45 minutes later. And I'm not picking on the law enforcement officers individuals. I'm saying that the system itself is broken. They can't respond fast enough because too much is going wrong. And they can't grow fast enough because we don't have enough funds. But people are saying we're already giving you too much and you're not getting the job done. Much worse than the first responders, okay, is the county hospital systems where somebody has to go to an emergency room and they're close to the county hospital so that's where they end up going and they end up in a line behind two or three hundred illegal immigrants and they're saying wait I'm the taxpayer that's shelling out two thousand dollars a year just in the county hospital tax assessment side of things and I can't get treated and I was better and, and some people are ending up going to a place like that because they've never been there before. They don't know how bad it sucks. They end up getting in a car with somebody because they're not going to die, and they get driven to a different hospital somewhere else because they know they're going to get seen faster that way. But they're seeing it, all right. Or something's happening to them, like with my wife, where we were down at the uh, the whole hospital complex, and we were at a very nice private hospital for her surgery. But I had to walk through the county hospital every day when I went to get something to eat while I was staying there with her, and I saw these huge lines for myself. And I always knew it was bad, but when you see it, it makes a difference. So people are getting pissed about that money coming out of their pocket. On top of it, we're watching our educational system dive itself into a demise. We're seeing people more worried about the packaging and political correctness in our education system than they are about the content that our children are being taught and the character being developed in them. Teachers are being handcuffed and forced to teach curriculums that don't make any sense, that don't make our children informed. And 90% of our children, when they come out of high school, if you gave them the citizenship test that legal immigrants take to become a U.S. citizen, they would fail it. Okay, We're not teaching our children the history of our nation. And I believe there's a sinister thing behind that because when people don't know the history of something, 
They don't care about it, and they don't aim to protect it. And I believe our youth are being dumbed down, and I believe that the Americans of today that do have some knowledge of what made this country what it is are looking at that education system and going, you're taking another couple thousand dollars a year for me to undereducate my children, and when I call your school and I complain about something, I'm basically told to shove it up my ass. Now, you might do a politically correct way, but that's what you get when you talk to public school administrators. I'm not on the teachers here. I'm on the administrators with this. Completely freaking useless. And I have a teacher in the family, and I've seen firsthand the uselessness of our public education administrators. And I think they should be thrown out. Then you throw this little thing on top of it. This is a local thing, but it could be something similar anywhere you're at. We found out yesterday, right here in Dallas, that DART, which is our public transportation system, Dallas Area Rapid Transit, which is anything but rapid, is built completely ass-backwards. You can't get anywhere on a DART train that anybody actually lives to where they work. You can't get to the freaking airport, and you can't get between Dallas and Fort Worth. All right, And if I was going to build a rapid transit system in Dallas and Fort Worth, I would build it connecting Dallas to Fort Worth right through frickin' Arlington, right where all the, the stuff is there, Six Flags and the stadiums and all that good stuff, and up to the airports. And from there I would branch out. But we haven't done anything like that. $32 billion frickin' dollars these assholes are going to take away from us in the next 20 years. Just for DART. It's costing us $300,000 a rider for DART in the next $300,000 a rider. We could buy every single person that rides DART a freaking hybrid car and give it to them as a gift and save money instead of having them ride DART. That's how piss poor they're being managed. And what do we find out? That a African-American woman, and you'll understand why I'm telling you she's African-American in just a second, who was in their senior person in their HR department, was told to only hire Hispanics by a gentleman with the last name of Gomez, and I don't remember his first name. She blew it off and said, that can't be right. I had to mishear that. And just went on hiring people based on merit and everything else. When she was confronted 60 days later, you're not hiring enough Hispanics, you're not following a directive, she blew the whistle. They fired her. The Channel 8 News here has copies of the documentation proving in writing that this occurred. But they solicited for the official copies of the documentation. The state attorney general of Texas said, give them the records. They're public records. DART has refused to release them as suing the attorney general. This is just a smattering of the bullshit that's going on in America. So when Gerald Salente says rebellion, food riots, revolution, and marches, I get it. Because you won't see me marching in the street with a sign. Because that's not me. But you want to see me rebel? All I gotta do is stop earning and spending money to rebel, baby. And there's people out there that are preparing so that we have the option to do just that if this shit continues to run out of control. And here's what Mr. Salenti's saying. He's saying, these guys ain't showing us bull that they ever plan to throttle back on this one bit. These guys are hammered down, growing government, growing every sector of government faster than ever before. The Obama administration is going to get right behind that. But what I'm telling you is it's not just Washington. We have to stop blaming Washington. I'm talking about Dallas frickin' Texas. And I know that if this, this, this government growth liberal bullshit, you know, illegal versions of affirmative action are going on in Dallas, Texas then what's happening in Boston, Massachusetts, the bastion of liberalism? What's happening in Washington State? 
in Seattle. What's happening in San Francisco, California, as Michael Savage calls it. If this is what's happening in my state, what's happening everywhere else? The same thing. The same thing. Because we don't have any difference anymore between a Republican and a Democrat. We don't have anybody in our government anymore in any leadership position that has anything to do with conservative values. And I'm not talking about conservative values to get Republicans elected. I'm talking about the conservative values that 90% of Americans have that don't think our money should be wasted. No matter how much we're willing to pay in taxes, we don't want it freaking wasted. We don't want people hired because of the color or the lack of color of their skin. And my point with this Dallas Rapid Transit thing is if that person in there said only hire white people, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton would be down here leading protests. Well, Jesse, Al, get your ass down here and lead some protests because they fired a black woman because she refused to hire Hispanics. It ain't about the white man and the black man. It ain't about the Hispanic. It's about anybody treating anybody wrong because of who they are. And we're having our tax dollars to the tune of $32 billion spent in one little local economy to do that. That's why people are getting pissed. That's why one day, when people have enough rice and beans and bullets and band-aids stored up, Instead of marching on Washington like a bunch of idiots and getting shot and hosed down in the street by your brother who's been called up into the National Guard, the American people may choose to issue a rebellion or a revolution by doing nothing. And when the truck drivers do nothing, the people that stock the shelves at the grocery store do nothing, the farmers that grow the food do nothing, Nothing except pick the food for their own table. When everybody just stops, and it doesn't have to be everybody, it could be 10% of the population just says, you know what, I'm going to sit back, take unpaid vacation for a month or two or three. We'll grind the country's economy to a halt. And I see the potential for that, and I see that type of vision in Mr. Salenti when he's saying that that's what we could be looking at. A tax revolution can be taken in this nation by refusal to do the things that generate the tax. The main things that generate tax in our country are earning and spending. When people stop earning by choice or by economic conditions, and they stop spending by choice or economic conditions, the tax revenue goes to the floor. To the tune of $50 billion this year, alone. $50 billion in federal gas tax this year shortfall. No one even tried to do it maliciously. People cut their gas usage. Why? Because they had to. Now we're seeing oil down to $50 a barrel. Everybody started to build green energy, alternative energy, initiatives everywhere. All of a sudden the Arabs go, oh no, 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 look, we have more, we have more, we have more. Here's more oil. We found it. Look, it's under a rock. Here you go. We're flooding the market. Take our oil. Take our oil. You know why? They're scared shitless that the people in this country are eventually going to rise up and say enough of this bullshit. No more $4 gas. Not Just not now. Never again. We're going to build windmills. We're going to build nuclear freaking power plants. We're going to stop being afraid of nuclear. France has nuclear power plants in the middle of Paris. Nobody dies. Nobody's kids are born with two heads. They get rid of their waste. It's very low amounts of waste compared to the waste from one plant burning coal. And we're going to use nuclear as a bridge. We're going to bring in wind. We're going to bring in solar. We're going to bring in tidal. We're going to put these things together, and we're going to stop being dependent on the rest of the world. We've done that in this country four times now. 
We did it during the Arab oil embargo. We did it in the 80s when oil spiked again. And we did it in the 90s. And now we've done it a fourth time. Here. Every time we've done this, people, every time, every time, oil dropped like a rock. Because they're scared. And that's where I made my improper prediction that oil would keep going up, that it would stay up, that it wouldn't come down the way that it did. It's not just the global demand fell because of the recession. It's that they're scared. They're scared that we'll fix our own problem. They're scared that we won't be dependent on them. They're scared that they will not have massive amounts of wealth simply because we have to buy what they have. As for Mr. Salenti's final prediction that in 2012 the holidays will be about food, not about presents, he went on in his interview to add a few other things. He said that Maybe we'll get back to what Christmas is really supposed to be all about, the religious underpinnings of it. And if you're not a religious person, and folks, I'll tell you what, I'm not a religious person. I'm really not. I am a somewhat spiritual person, but I'm not deeply attached to any organized faith or religion. I, I bear you no ill will if you are. I think it's great. I think you should do what you see best, just like in life and, and politics in general. You should do what makes sense for you. But I do believe that there's a deeper meaning to Christmas, even for the person that's not religious, even for the atheist, for God's sakes. And I'm not an atheist. But uh, for those of you who are, I think that even those people see the secular side of Christmas, and I mean the good secular side, not the part that says go out to Toys R Us and buy a bunch of crap. I'm talking about the part that says, you know what? This is the one time a year to give something to somebody else, to be close to my family, to ignore our arguments, to or ignore our fights, to ignore our squabbles, to reach out and do something for a soldier halfway across the world. Those are the real meanings of Christmas, along with the religious underpinnings. And if you're Jewish, then you have Hanukkah. And if you're uh, you know, uh, uh, of a different faith, maybe you have Ramadan or Kwanzaa or any of these other things. And whatever it is for you, it's time to get back in touch with that. And I don't want to wait till 2012 for that to happen. I want to see that happen this year. And that will be two things. One, it will begin to reform the bond of America's families and America's communities. And that was another thing Mr. Salenti said. These little communities that do like winter carnivals and sell crafts in the local economy, they're going to do very well during this time. And the ones that are hugely disassociated with each other, like where I live, Dallas-Fort Worth, huge cities, 6 million people, most people know less than a dozen people on a first-name basis that live in their neighborhood. Hardly ever shake anybody's hand except at work or during a business deal. We're going to do the worst. I think he's right. But I think if we choose to make it good, if we choose to make our, fa- our Christmas this season even more about food on the table, and I don't mean food on the table the way Mr. Salenti does, but about the food that's being shared, about breaking bread with one another, and we cut back our spending. It'll be the first shot across the bow from the American people to tell our government enough is enough. We don't need you to take care of everything in our lives. In fact, we don't want to. And we've determined that you can't be responsible with our money. We're tired of you shoving your hand into the cookie jar every time you want some more cookies. The cookies being our money, of course. And the next time they go to stick their hand in the cookie jar for any tax, smack the living crap out of it, people down to your local level when they go, we just need a .001% increase for the children. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up about the children. All right, These people haven't taken care of our children for crap. Look at our education system. The next time somebody tells you they need more money for the children, tell them they're full of shit. They need more money so they can pay another administrator somewhere more money to do nothing. 
All right, they, the, the the state of Texas spends more per student in the public education system than most students spend to go to college. That's not a misspeak. It's the truth. Twelve thousand dollars a year is roughly what we spend per student in the state of Texas. We are toward the bottom of the educational system in the United States of America. Money hasn't fixed the problem. Don't give them any more. Make it about you. Make it about your family and start reaching out. Final thought on this. Uh, I watch a, a show called Peak Moment TV on YouTube. I'll put a link to it. There's a link on the site already to it, actually. Uh, I think they bring up a lot of good points, but I'm hearing a lot of people on that show be kind of airy-fairy in a way. They don't get angry like me. They don't yell. They say, we have to share. We have to share. We have to share. I watch it because they have some good ideas and they point out some realistic threats for society. But I want to point out to you, if you're one of these airy-fairy types that just thinks everybody needs to share, that's not how humanity works. People share with the people that they trust, with people that have earned their trust. And if you want to survive the times that are coming, you need to begin to prepare to be able to take care of yourself as independently as possible which will take away your fear. And you need to look for other people that are doing the same thing. And those types of relationships become productive relationships. Then sharing takes place equally. It takes place as trading, which is the foundation of civilization. The very first civilizations were founded when two people encountered each other from tribes, wandering nomads, and instead of shooting at each other or running away from each other, one held up a, a bag of meat and the other one held up a bag of grain and they exchanged it. And that was the foundation of society. It wasn't one giving meat to another for nothing, for simply existing. So if you're into this airy-fairy stuff, it's time to wake up and become a grown-up with your prepping and your planning. Share, yes. Take care of others, yes. But the foundation of our philosophy is an Aesop's fable the ant and the grasshopper. And you do save a grasshopper when you can, but there's billions of grasshoppers. And when winter comes, billions of grasshoppers will die. You save grasshoppers not by taking care of them when winter comes. You save grasshoppers by teaching them how to be an ant before winter comes. Winter is coming. Start preparing. This has been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live a better life if times get tough. Another dollar makes you wonder where your money went. You can scream.